Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to this week's flagship episode of 20 Minute Tims. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a slightly different format this week, but the usual format will return next week. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm joined by Stephen and Melian Boys. I've hit record this time. Hey, <laughs> I peeked behind the curtain. What on earth was going on there? How long did we record for there? About 15 minutes? Yeah, we, we, it, was all, yeah it was all good all stuff. stuff was, <laughs> so if we can try and recreate that in the, the early stages of this, uh, we could go through the script of what we said, because it was all absolutely top-notch. Oh, High-level punditry, you, you might say. In the <laughs> Melly's just dragged his eyes from laughing at some of my zingers. He's, he's just managed to compose himself. So I, I was scratching my chin at some of the highly intelligent stuff that was that was being displayed there. So I'm afraid you've missed it. You'll just need to deal with take two, and we we can't repeat ourselves. We couldn't possibly nah. repeat ourselves. So we'll just do what we can in this this second go at it. Yes, we are. We're back though. <laughs> so with the Champions League on the horizon, uh, what better way to prepare for that than playing Dundee United at home, Celtic? Oh, no, well, sorry, Dundee at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dundee at home, uh, the Craig Burley Derby, as it's known, the world across. You know, it's mm. uh, the Scott Bain Derby. There's so many connections there. Uh, I was going to say that Celtic got a great victory uh, against... X's boys, but I couldn't remember who the current manager of Dundee <laughs> is. So, so, so I'll just and, and, and no. you didn't even Google it between takes. You no, forgot, no, you no, forgot no. the first take as I well. But um, the, the game itself, slightly flat. Um, familiar feeling in the first half about how mm, this is. This is continuing on in that vein of not having a, had a sparkling start to the season. The Rangers game aside, because that's a very different challenge, isn't it? That yes. almost goes into its own category. But the the questions going into this game were: Can we break down a team that have no interest in attacking? Going into the game, of course, maybe the game will play out differently afterwards, and we can look back at how it went more in more detail now. But going in, I thought: can, Have we answered the questions about being able to break these teams down? Because the answer to that against Kilmarnock and St Johnson was no, it wasn't mm. working. And in the first half, I thought, mm, this hasn't really improved much. But after after the second half started, maybe not straight away, but after the maybe 50 minute, 55, certainly after an hour, it, it all felt a lot better. Some some good subs come on, made a, made a huge difference. A couple of debuts in there as well that didn't necessarily go to plan in the case of Nat Phillips. But... Overall, the the second half was a huge improvement, I think, on what we've seen so far this season. So it was encouraging, I thought. Millie, do you think that second half was a result of the Celtic going one up and Dundee realising there wasn't much to fight for in the game? Or do you think that second half was more a sign of Brendan Rodgers is actually starting to create things? Things are starting to click. Did you see any, for example, did you see any changes in the way that Celtic play or any passages of play or passes or something that you thought, I can I can see what the manager's doing now. It's starting to come together a bit more. Yeah, I think you can kind of choose to think, oh, the better players won, or you can go, do you know what, I'm starting to see it, so I'm going down the, I'm starting to see it. I think with Brendan Rodgers came in, I, I said, look, he is quite adaptable, and I think we're starting to see a wee bit of that. He tried something with the fullbacks at the start of the season, wasn't quite working, and now he's sort of adapted it. He's brought Greg Taylor back inside, so it's making the game easier for him. And also Alistair Johnston being back's a, a massive thing as well. A warrior. Just, what a player. Oh, He's great, he's great. One. Another one that you'll say this time next year he might be away because he's that good, he's a great player. Uh, so I think having Taylor inside and Alistair Johnson able to do what Tony Ralston can't makes a big difference, no matter how hard that is for me to say. But I think as well when the subs came on in the second half, 
Turnbull to Hitati that I don't think Hitati was brilliant, but everything just went up a notch when he came on. The quality, the positions he picks up, the way he's able to turn in the ball, the way he's able to even use his left foot, which David Turnbull <laughs> isn't. And then when uh, Palmer comes on as well, I think you could see this guy's got something. He, he didn't do too much either, but I just think by his first touch and all that, like, there's, there's something here in his delivery for corners. So I think we're starting to see that. I think it's been difficult for Brendan Rodgers having so many injuries in that. So many players come in late towards the window. I think it, will, it might be a month or two before we get to see the true Celtic under Brendan Rodgers. But I think there's glimpses there of what it could be. Because in the first half... I understand it, but there's as soon as Celtic don't score within the first 20 minutes, it's, oh, this is slow and this is passive. Sometimes I think it is, but other times I think it's just a run-of-the-mill game where this happens. Yeah. But because we've got this build-up of what's happened in the season so far and this, we know what we get from Brendan Rodgers because he's time before, it might be unfair or it might be true. I, I'm not quite sure yet. I think we'll need a bigger um, sample size. But I think they came out in the second half, up the tempo, and it was much better. So just start the first half like that and we'll be fine. I think Brendan Rodgers uh, is maybe suffering for a wee bit of a, a, an Ange hangover as far as the fans yeah. have got. Because I, I think, Stephen, like people are, are around me in the stadium as well. A lot of people are critical, especially in the first half. And then obviously later on when you get into the Discord and you're having chats with people in there, we see that people are having a bit of a grumble about the style of play. But there's a couple of things that play into that for me. One... Brendan Rodgers is a terrible luck with injuries. He's had like he's starting a living oh. to pick from. He's very early in round two of his Celtic career here. It's not just a case of he picks up where Ange left off. He's, he's trying to do something different. He's trying to put his own mark in the team. And he's won more games by this stage than Ange had, Ange had last time, albeit the performances weren't as good. And secondly, and I think this is crucial, I think what a lot of people are, are falling into the trap of doing, and it's very easy to do it, they're remembering the best of Ange and then they're remembering the worst of Brendan Rodgers and they're right. comparing those two in their minds because, you know, this this label of pedestrian, slow football that Brendan Rodgers has got, aye, it was like that towards the end of his time at Celtic when he wasn't being back, when he wasn't getting the players and when things were sort of falling apart. But see, right at the beginning, Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team were tearing teams apart. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were comparable to the way Andrew's playing. That's, you know, when Scott Sinclair's on fire and everyone's playing is at the top of their game. Brendan Rodgers was a ferocious manager for Celtic at times. Yeah, and that, that's that's a very difficult position to be in as well because you say that he's compared against the best of Ange and the worst of Brendan Rodgers. The best case scenario there is that he can be compared against the best of Brendan Rodgers. He's, he's battling against his own reputation from mm. the first time around. Yeah, I, I take aside that. I think slightly erroneous view that he, his football, his style of football was boring towards the end. Was it as... Was it as effective? Was it as exciting as when it started? Probably not. But I don't. I think. It, I think boring is a bit of a stretch. I think that's a wee bit of an exaggeration, to be honest. But when you compare them against the first time around, it's, it's unavoidable that you could compare that. You, you know, Brendan Rodgers is going to be compared to his own first season as well, and that was one of the best seasons we've had in our lifetimes. It's no exaggeration to say that. So it's a very, very difficult, almost unwinnable position that Brendan Rodgers is in because he's been compared with the absolute force of nature that was Ange Postacoglu, and also against himself. And it's having gone out of the cup this early, he's already on a loser there because he can't do what he did first time around and go on to an invincible yep. treble, which is an impossible standard to be held to, but also unavoidable because that's that, that he's the guy we brought back in because that's what he did the first time around. I don't mean he was brought back in to win an invincible treble, but he was been brought back in because of how successful he was the last time. So I do sympathise with him, but he knows that. He knows going in the, what he's up against in terms of his own reputation, not least because of how he left. That That's always going to be a difficult thing to win over with the fans as well. But the injuries is massive here because... Yeah, it really we, is. We talk about a lack of or a difficulty just now in creativity and again the, the games I've just referenced and including the first half of this game they weren't good enough in terms we didn't score didn't score against Kilmarnock St Johnson or the first half of this game only scored one goal against Rangers albeit a, a brilliant goal right so we're not we're not a, a creative free-flowing force just yet under Brendan Rodgers but what people need to remember and including myself because this only really occurred to me when I was watching a bit of this game back the the defence is massive. It's massive yeah. in building up, and especially in a 
a possession team, possession based team against teams that look to just sit in and maybe hit on the break. And Dundee did that effectively a couple of times, maybe could have had a couple of goals in that game. But it's massive in a team that looks to keep most of the possession. The centre halves are crucial in that. You think back to Brendan Rodgers' first time around, and you had guys who, to varying degrees of success or failure, were made or broken on their ability to play with the ball at their feet and to create attacks. Our centre-halves under Brendan Rodgers first time around had the most of the ball, played the most passes. It's no different to Angie's team, but again, for the purposes of this, I'm comparing it to Brendan Rodgers. Starfield had a huge amount of the ball as well. But you think back to guys like Boyata, Jozo, Sviatchenko, latterly Ayer. These guys were all judged variously on not only their ability to defend, but their ability to start attacks, to play passes. We've not got the defence just now. Carter Vickers isn't available. Neither is Navrotsky, Welsh, Kobayashi. It's two guys who are either just in the door in Nat Phillips and Lagerbielka's case or a guy who was written off and basically we've all decided he's no good enough anyway in Liam Scales. That's the foundation upon which this team is based. Yeah. So to judge anything just now on that foundation not being there I think is unfair, including from myself. But also, there's no getting away from it. We have left ourselves in this position, uh, admittedly through injury, but we we it's very unfortunate we've ended up with Liam Scales, who I thought had a decent game uh, as Look, I, first I, choice centre half going into the Champions League game. You know, I was very harsh on Liam Scales uh, after the Rangers game yeah. because I just wanted to get the point across that I you know I didn't think he was good enough, but I feel like I've made that point. Everybody's made that point. Liam Scales is an absolute battler, and yeah, oh, he yeah. threw he throws himself in front of absolutely everything and. If I was to throw some credit Liam Scales' way, he is doing he is out there doing what every single one of us would do if we found ourselves playing centre half for Celtic. And playing as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing as well. Maybe I might shade it, mate, to be honest with you. But he's he's I mean he's he's a limited footballer, but he leaves nothing on the pitch. He, he try, yeah. I mean he's through he's some of the stuff he puts his there was one or two occasions in that game. Where he's putting his head right in danger, you know, he's he's going for these sort of chest level headers that really get you volleyed right in the coop if you're not careful, and yeah. he's just sticking his head in front of everything. There was a sliding tackle towards the end of the game in the second half where he when he saved what 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 a cutback that looked like it could end up. Yeah, that's right. So he, the, the guys out there leaving blood and snotters every match is a slobber knocker for Liam Scales and for that I really do appreciate his effort a couple but of decent you're... passes over the top as well he, had, he did have a uh, couple yeah. of passes that started good attacks but it's the, it's those moments are good those moments are really good but I'm not I don't mean to use Liam Scales as the as the ultimate example of why Celtic are failing just now I, I just use it to to just reinforce just how important guys like Carter Vickers and Navrosky's barely played right but he has to all intents and purposes, the replacement for Carl Starfield. I think he would have been playing by now. Lagerbielka was basically in a week behind him, but I think Navrotsky was probably sort of earmarked for, for that role. But these two are so, so important to the way Celtic play, and we've just no got it just now. So, and I think it bears you know, reminding everyone, including ourselves, about just how much of a blow it is to lose those guys at this stage of the season. It's massive. We've got, we've got AJ back though, Miley. And you touch on what, what a player and what a difference it is. Just the, the things like you said, he's doing the things that Ralston can't. And that shows you the difference when you start to get the players that can actually do the thing in. It, you start to see a real difference. And I thought he was brilliant. Should have had a goal as well. Yeah, two, I think two maybe. Ah, uh, well, why? I hit the post. He said, "That's why I'm a defender," didn't he, on his uh, Instagram? But <laughs> I, he's a great player. I think he's one of those fullbacks that's good at everything. He can defend first and foremost, but when he gets forward, the thing I like about him is he's not a tavernier where he's relying on shelling balls into the box and getting that sort of assist. It's getting into the box in good areas and cutting it back or mm. finishing. He did hit the post, to be fair, but I think he's a really good player, important for Celtic. I think he can do either fullback role. And Celtic now have a good blend with Taylor moving inside, which means Johnson can go on the outside. And I think him and O'Reilly have built up a good partnership in that yeah. sort of right-hand side of midfield. I just feel the... Was that O'Reilly that did the back heel that he ran onto? Uh, I think so. And mm -hmm. I think the on the left-hand side as well, I think Taylor and Hatati have got that sort of thing going on from last season. So the full-back and the midfielder ahead of them, that'll be good. I'm just still not sure on the right blend of the wide players ahead of that that will get the best out of uh, them. But I thought Alistair Johnston was great. Probably up there with getting man of the match. I know Kyogo stole it because he gets the goals and all that. But Alistair Johnston, for a guy that's played what a couple of games this year, he's slotted in again. And I think he's going to be really important for Celtic, especially with the 
maybe deficiency is a bit harsh on the left-back side, hand side of things, but I think Johnston can come inside, they can go on the outside, whereas Taylor can only do one thing. So Johnston going to be massive for Celtic and with the uncertainty at centre-half and the different partnerships, having him and Taylor there as guys that have been there and done it will be huge for Celtic. That I was a massive really, save. Oh, sorry, Stephen, for, on you for, for that moment you referenced where it was, it could have been a goal, it was a huge save. I think it was it Carson. Carson just sort of stuck his shoulder up and deflected it onto the bar. Mm. Um, or who, whichever keeper it was. Again, I've already forgotten their manager, never mind their Tony, goalkeeper. It's Tony Doherty. Uh, Tony, Tony Doherty, of course. <laughs> Tony, big T, T-Dog. Um, <laughs> right, uh, so that, that was a huge save and then he hit the post as well. But that ball for Kyogo, for O'Reilly's goal, was oh, absolutely lovely. incredible. As well. Was it no look as well? I think if you if you were to watch that back, it was a wee no look pass through the defence. But uh, Alistair Johnson, just a, a a bona fide developing Celtic hero. You know how that that thing people always say about Andy Murray about how if he was born in a different era, he would have been the best in the world. He was just mm. just unlucky that he was he played in the same era as like Djokovic and all those others. Uh, who's the, the the Spanish guy? Yes, Nadal. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it was unlucky, or else he would have been the best in the world. There's a parallel universe somewhere where Alistair Johnston is the Celtic captain because he's got everything Ooh. in his locker to be that. I mean, he's, he's very KT like, isn't he? I, he's very reminiscent of KT. It's never going to happen. He's never going to be the Celtic captain because, for obvious reasons, there are people ahead of him in that queue. But I, I, what I'm trying to get at is that he has everything in his locker to do that. It feels like a, a just a just a, a sort of third or fourth leader on the pitch. Uh, I, it kind of reminds me a wee bit not in terms maybe necessarily in terms of style of play or looks really but kind of reminds me of McNamara as well in that he's a an underrated battler in there uh, no one really yeah, thought that of, yeah no one really thought that of Jackie McNamara because he was this sort of quite unassuming pretty boy player back at, back in his youth but uh, Alistair Johnson might not necessarily be that but he, he has that that sort pretty. of uh, <laughs> he has that sort of the quiet guy you need to look out for. You know, don't don't start trouble with Alistair Johnson because he, I reckon, he'd be a bit handy. So he's a real, a real warrior on the pitch. I'm just so glad. What a find that is. Honestly, Aye. what a piece of recruitment that is. Really, it, it, heading into his peak years as well. Just an absolutely great sign. 25, 26 years old or whatever he is. Just a, a phenomenal find. Right. What about Nat Phillips? Because <laughs> because see when we signed him, I thought and I listened to. Um, Alex on the, the Scouting Patreon podcast. And by the way, if you want to follow us in the Champions League, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims for extra podcasts, videos, and writing. We will scout every one of Celtic's Champions League opponents every away game where we have live build up. And of course, we have reaction podcasts for every Champions League match, home and away, as well as writing and one or two additional little videos in there for you guys to get involved in. Patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims to support us. The link is below. Um, Nat Phillips, yeah, I thought. When I heard he was like a heading machine, I thought, Do you know what, this is good. It's good to have one of those defenders that can just eat everything up. Um, but the, when I watched them, I thought, is that all he can do? Mainly, is he just because with the ball he wasn't he wasn't great. Now that being said, I'm going to give him a bit of leeway, a bit of credit. He can't have played much football. He arrived injured, and this is his first game and what well, must be what, since January or something like that. I think so. I'm not expecting him to be fully up to fitness, but I wasn't that impressed. No, I think it's uh, a bit difficult for him. Like he's not played a lot of football, but at the same time, you're training every day with Liverpool, so surely you would be sharp enough to play a game in Scotland. But I think the defending all looked fine, but when it came to passing or taking the ball out, he looked like a guy that had not played for eight months or whatever it is. So I think that will come. Is it going to come in time for him to make a difference on Tuesday? I'm not sure. There was a moment where he started a run-off and started like Van Dyke and ended like Duffy. So you were, <laughs> he just dribbled it out of the pitch. So I think it's going to maybe take a bit of time for him to get up to speed. And unfortunately, due to the nature of the signing, he's not got that time. So only got a half, so a slight niggle and went off. I think over the fullness of time, I think he will be a decent uh, centre-half for Celtic. I think over the next coming weeks, I think Liam Scales will probably drop out, Lager, Bielka and Phillips will be in there, and then once Carter Vickers comes in, one of them will drop out, and then once Navrotsky comes in, somebody else will drop out. I think Lager, Bielka done well when he came on. But so who do, you think, t- who do you think is going to be the two then? When everyone's fit, do you think it's Navrotsky? And Carter Vickers, then we Not send, him. <laughs> <laughs> and we send him back. We send him back in January. 
Uh, probably, look, it looks like it's Celtic have paid good money for Carter Vickers, Navrotsky and Lager Bielka. We've got Stephen Welsh on a new contract, so you'd expect them to be the four, but you never know. Look, Phillips has come in with the biggest pedigree out of all the players we've signed in the summer, probably, yeah. where he there came was, from. There was part of me that thought he could be like another sort of Carter Vickers type. You know, yeah. he's, he's kind of in that, as far as his career trajectory's gone. I could look at all it'll take is one big game in the Champions League where he looks like an absolute colossus and then we'll all be sold on him. But mm. I think the defending was fine, but the passing was really abysmal. And I think that played a lot a, a lot in it in this, the first half as well. Liam Scales, while weirdly if it comes to like a sort of back-to-the-wall defending thing, I think like he'll be all right, he'll throw himself at it, he'll just clear it. But when he's got time on the ball and trying to make simple passes... He looks terrible as well, and having two guys there was it sort of slowed things up in the first half. And it's two guys maybe not high on confidence because they haven't played as much. So I think when Lager Bielka came on in the second half, things sort of settled down a wee bit, and he looked decent. But boy, oh boy, he looks slow. So with it with the ball, Stephen, he looks like. Dick Van Dyke and without the ball he looks like Virgil Van Dyke yes, <laughs> yes. Some, some along those lines yes uh, that's correct uh, that Phillips it's hard to it's hard to know what to make of him because it's such a short term loan such mm. a short term yeah. loan that you're basically sort of running out of time already I'm sure he'll have his moments but I know that he, did, he gave an interview or his press conference um, last week where he talked about how it's going to be it's going to be sort of revisited renewed potentially mm. in January or revised or whatever in January right so I, I thought what are the chances Answers of that though, really, because we see come January, presumably we're going to have Carter Vickers, Navrotsky, Welsh, and Kobayashi's back training. But where he sits in this picture, I don't know. Probably well, well, but probably well, well outside it. But now, but he's still, he's still there. He's still Celtic's player. Do you keep Nat Phillips on? I think it would need to be extraordinary. I think it would need to be mm. like really, really impressive in the Champions League because we're going to potentially need him owing to this crisis, the very, very unfortunate crisis of injuries we've got going into yet another Champions League group stage. It's a, it's a real kick in the teeth, that, to be honest. That's basically two years in a row we're going in, yeah. and I'm, we're almost already thinking, aye, but what if we'd had a, a, a full team out there? We could have done so much better. We've not even kicked a ball yet, but we've got so many injuries. Now, Phillips, he's already missed the, the first game in the Rangers game, played a half in this. You expect him to probably a wee bit fitter, came off with a bit of a knock. He was only due to play 60 minutes in this game anyway. Mm. But he, he he really, what he did was, I was accept, looking forward to, to seeing him playing, but he did, he made a sort of unconvincing impression of a guy who's match fit, a guy who's match sharp and uh, just didn't look quite up to it. But again, I th- I'm sure he'll have his uses. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he might have that moment that Melly just sort of discussed there about how he might have that that very impressive performance in the Champions League, but I just don't know if we're, if we're really going to see that much of Nat Phillips really going forward. It's it's one of those ones where it's probably prohibitively expensive to keep him on full time after that. Anyway, it would be mm. a, a decision he would have to make. Is he, he ready to sort of almost half his wages to to come to Celtic and and play full on? Do Celtic need him? Is probably the more important question going forward. So. Interesting to see how it develops with him, but I'm relaxed on it because we've got him, so may as well use him, but I'd probably quite like to see a wee bit more from him in the coming games. He's reportedly on 65 grand a week at Liverpool, (laughs) so do you think he's on more than the rest of the Celtic centre-halves combined? Probably. He would probably need to take out a month. (laughs) (laughs) Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Public service announcement. Attention all my bearded troops out there from stubble to Maine. If you didn't already know, Manscaped now sells beard products. You heard that correctly. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming change the game with their Beard Hedger Pro Kit. And now they're going a step further with their brand new Handyman, an electric face shaver for quick and convenient way to achieve a clean-shaven look. Whether you're going to sharpen up your neckline or give your face a smooth finish, the Handyman has got you covered. Go to manscaped.com and use code TIMS for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to go from 5 o'clock shady yeah baby no one likes a weird beard so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Beard Hedger the Beard Hedger is a high tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long lasting battery universal charging and a strong motor your face is your first impression and your beard is your most important accessory so make sure you have the right tool for the job with the Beard Hedger looking for something dare I say smoother look no further than Manscaped's new handyman face shaver hey Stephen yes Jamie You've got a travel size package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code TIMS. Hit the refresh button with Manscaped. The thing is, when you've got injuries and opportunity, they meet, and that gives an opportunity for new players. And um, Abada was injured, and Yang pops up. Now, I'm on the record of saying that, like, I like Yang. Now, look, I know um, he wasn't he wasn't shit hot. Okay, I get it. But what I do think, and I was saying this just before we kicked off, Stephen, you were broadly in agreement, so I hope you're still in agreement now that we're actually recording. <laughs> if he keeps doing what he's doing, he keeps getting the ball and trying to take the guy on, he gets the ball taken off him, but he's, he's undeterred by that. He's got big, scrappy, do energy. Oh, this guy, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He is so undeterred. He just, all right, I got the ball taken off me. It's like it didn't happen. He just goes, give me the ball again and I'll try again. If he keeps doing that, and crucially keeps and, and learns from it, but if he keeps doing it and learning, I think he'll turn into a great player. And do you know what? Give me a guy that's willing to take on the fullback and try and beat him every time. Give me that over a bad, a clattering crosses off someone's shins every single time. They both can't beat a guy. It's just when Yang doesn't do it, it's more fun to watch. Yeah, well, oh, definitely. And he needs coached. He just needs coaching. And he's mm. getting that. He's in the best place for that. He's, um, he's definitely in the right place to, to receive that kind of coaching. We know that what Brendan Rodgers can do for mm. players. It's not. It's, it's, I mean, sure, it's not a hundred percent record of being able to in, improve players. But there's a, a guy who we will probably come on to talk to, uh, uh, talk about a scorer today um, in this game, rather Matt O'Reilly, who has improved. But yeah. it's probably not a hundred percent record with players. But uh, he's in the best place. If if anyone's going to improve, someone like Yang, I think Rogers is the right guy for it. It just needs continuous coaching and he needs honed into making him the most effective player. But I, I don't, I've, I've seen nothing from him so far that I would want to change about him. I think it's no. just a case of better decision making, keeping at it. Because I, I don't mean to, to sort of drag this guy into sort of denigrate him or anything like that. But it's, I remember us talking for years about James Forrest, right? And James Forrest has has been a magnificent servant for Celtic, all that stuff, right? So I just want to kind of qualify what I'm about to say about James Forrest by saying that because I do acknowledge that. But have you, well, have, you have you finished that book yet? <laughs> no, 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 and you, know, you that don't is... like him. You don't like him that much, do you? <laughs> no, that's that's true. And is this you doing your, with all due respect, just in a different yeah. way? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's what it is. But what we always said about James Forrest for years was that you can kind of tell the kind of game James Forrest is going to have by Aye. the first time he takes a player on. If it doesn't come off for him, 
sometimes his head goes down and sometimes he goes into that mode where he hugs the touchline, stays too close to fullback so that players can't necessarily find him. Notice that I didn't literally use the word hiding. I've just sort of danced around it and arrived at a, quite a quite a close description of that word. But um, but Yang, what I like about him is even if he does lose the ball, he just keeps at it. As you've already yeah. said, he fights for it. He, he can see him tussling with defenders. There was a, a moment where he won a corner quite early on as well because he was just battling with the defender. The defender just sort of took an accidental touch and it went out for a corner. So I do like that about him. Very, very positive, very aggressive but it it just needs it it just needs focused. It it yeah. needs the energy focused into what could be a, a very very effective player. I really like what I've seen from him so far. But what I said, if anyone has heard or at the match podcast that we recorded basically yards from Celtic Park, what I said before the game going in was that I imagine that he's going to be very positive but potentially frustrating when you see him from the start because that's very different for a guy like that just that just that particular type of player and that particular style of player very very exciting off the bench but when you start games and it happened with Haksibanovic when you start games that's when you start to see the deficiencies slightly exposed when he's when he's expected to to take the front foot in a game rather than come on and affect it maybe in the last 20 minutes or so so he's got plenty of time i really like what i've seen from him so far but it just it needs a bit of polishing is what i would say about yang i think the the good thing we have is brendan rogers has a track record of working with players like him but also harry kills there he works a lot with the yeah. fullbacks and wingers a lot of the individual stuff so i think having him there will really develop yang and look it's the same like forest nabada like you you don't want to see them taking on players losing the ball and then that's it from them they'll not try it again yang will just keep going and if he can get that decision making like jamie was saying just a wee bit sharper that split second instead of trying to take the guy on again playing it across getting the head up a, a wee bit quicker I think he'll be effective weirdly I think he has been a bit unlucky in that he's played so much and I mean that and if if we had Tilio, Palma, Yang, Maeda and Abada all signed earlier on he would be getting game time a bit more sporadically and he'd maybe be coming into a Celtic team that was doing a bit better so he could come on in games when we'd won games but right now he's been flung in having to start and it just looks a wee bit if he's started alongside Maeda or he started alongside Abada so it's looked like he's got to be the creative one out of the two wingers and I think that's a bit unfair on him so early in his career I think that will come but I think if we could rotate him in with guys I think it would have been a lot better for him but I think he'll go on to be a decent player whether he goes on to be a regular starter or a guy that is good coming off your bench I think it'll be the guy good coming off the bench but I enjoy watching him play even if he does frustrate me What did you think of Palma when he came on? I love these wee touches in and around the box I think he's going to be just our Scott Sinclair uh, this time around. I don't think he's going to be a guy that will take on players and beat them, but I think he's going to get himself into a lot of dangerous positions. He whipped in one corner, which I was like, wow, I've not seen this for a while. So I'm really happy about that sort of thing. I think just the, just the wee things in his first touch, like I always reference back when Bowling Goalie's debut and Stephen said after it, that first touch, that he's not going to be a good player. And you can kind of tell sometimes, I just think Palmer's he's got something, he's got a wee bit of a swagger about him. He looks like he's going to take set pieces, he's going to take shots on, he's going to get into dangerous positions. The thing I'd still worry about, like with Yang is, I still think with Jota away and the rest of the wingers, we really lack creativity in the wide areas. I think... Uh, under Brendan Rodgers first stint at Celtic when Scott Sinclair played he always thought he could get a goal but it kind of needed somebody else to create for him and we had players like that but when Patrick Roberts was out the team Celtic in that second season weren't as good and I'm looking about the team and if Palmer moves inside you're looking for your full back to go beyond it's Greg Taylor that's not going to happen so a lot of the creativity in this team is going to fall on Rio Hitati and I don't think that's very fair so I think hopefully if we get some players back we'll be able to get goals from other places and assists from other places but I think Tilio being injured as well I think he could maybe be creative but with Maeda and Abada you're not going to get that creativity you're going to get the work and the endeavour so I'm, I'm not quite sure we've got the blend yet uh, yeah, Palmer, uh, reasonably impressed. I th- he came on, he had that typical sort of 
new attacking player energy, looking to make things happen straight away, bordering on sort of trying too hard. But I remember when he came on, went immediately to the left, so therefore switched with Maeda. Maeda came on to the right, who had been quite effective on the left, immediately tried to sort of flick it over someone and chase it down. It, the ball went out of play. So I think it, it was a... It was an all right debut. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. Well, it wasn't mind blown by any means, but I think it was effective enough. I think he, he looks positive. The the main thing I think I've heard from the various scouting information on him is that he's very very good in front of goal. Carries a big goal threat, and I think that's probably what's made him stand out because he maybe doesn't necessarily have that Jota level sort of creativity or sort of magic touch that that Jota mm. had. That sort of quite that sort of intangible thing that, that Jota had that sort of level of magic but I think he can be it might, it might be a sort of Scott Sinclair level type player completely remains to be seen but I, I like again I like what I've seen from him I think um, he was less less eye-catching than Yang so far but I mean it's very 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 short cameo yeah. so yeah, I will, again what I want to see is him in the team because the left side, I would say, feels a little bit light because it's basically always Dyson Maida, who can play basically anywhere across the front three. We seem to have loads and loads of right wingers and very few left. So I'm I'm glad to see he's in. I want to see him you know, play as much as possible quite soon. I would even have been I, I kind of when I when I tuned into that dread inducing uh, Rangers starting lineup or the mm. rather the Celtic starting lineup for the Rangers game. Kind of wanted to see him on it because I was fed up seeing uh, Maida and Abada in the same team together. It wasn't to be that day. So I looking forward to seeing what these new guys have got to be honest because now that we're we keep referencing this injury crisis, but while we don't necessarily have huge amounts of injuries in forward areas apart from Telio and Abada, it's not as bad as it, at the back. The more good players we can introduce into this team, the better, really, so yeah. that we could so that it's we're not so dependent on one or two different sources for creativity like we've kind of felt like in the last few games. I mean, with the Champions League on the horizon, you're really looking to by this time in the season, figure out who your key players are and look at guys mm. in the squad and think like he's going to perform for us or another way to look at it is we need him to perform for us. And I think the key guys for me who we can discuss sort of with reference, sorry, it's part of the studio class. <laughs> I don't know if any of you caught that. Um, the, the guys we can reference with respect to Dundee United, the Dundee game moving into the Champions League, Rio Tati, Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo. And I think mm. Matt O'Reilly's another player who's who's going to be key for us and he's really come on to our game, Stephen. Oh, he's fantastic. What a season he's had so far. And look, he's almost like a victim of his own ability because I remember him playing in that Callum McGregor role last season uh, and he was very, very good at it. I gave him huge credit at the time. I think we all did for how effective he was. Again, that's yet another one of those Champions League injury crises we went through but we took Callum McGregor for a few of them and mm. Matt O'Reilly did really well. But I think he's on record previously as having said he doesn't like playing in that role. He, does, he likes to be further forward. So that's kind of what I was thinking about when I said earlier on that Brendan Rodgers seems to have improved Matt O'Reilly very well. Not necessarily improved him, but given him a new a new freedom, a new sort of lease of life, a new sort of license to get forward. And that's pretty evident in the fact that not only does he get three goals, which is better than last season, or kind of on par with most of last season. I think he maybe ended up with four, but he had three massive chances in the St. Johnson game and it just didn't come off for him. And again, the parallel universe I'm referencing, he could have had five or six goals so far this season already. And that's that's completely different to how he was playing last season. So uh, it's a huge upturn in attacking output from him so far that in addition to the fact that he's, he already creates goals he's already very very good at the maybe maybe dirty work is a little bit too strong but what I mean is getting the foot in he, he, he seems to get so many interceptions he seems to break down so many attacks that come through the middle now Celtic are still a little bit a little bit soft centred a, a wee bit open through the middle is what I would say Dundee Again, created a couple of decent chances. Probably could have had at least one goal in that game. But Matt O'Reilly is so good at sort of reading that. He's so mm. he's so good at reading that and popping up where it matters in the midfield just to get interceptions, breaking things down. He's putting everything to, everything together to become a really really good all round midfielder and just enjoy him while he's here because he might be one of those guys that we could only get two two and a bit seasons out of two and a half seasons rather. So he he looks like he's ready to take on the world this year he's um, he's got a big opportunity to play in the Champions League with this new 
new role, this new freedom. Because as I say, he played very well in the Champions League yeah. last year, but it was in a role that he's he's not particularly keen on. So if he's looking to get in the Denmark team, which I think is it's surely in the post for him. It's surely imminent. He surely must be getting some sort of recognition there soon. Although they, they do have a lot of good players, but they must be playing pretty damn well just now for Matt O'Reilly not to be getting a look in because he's, he's now aged out of the under-21s, which he was getting you know, fairly decent recognition there. So if he's wanting to do these things, if he's wanting to potentially move on from Celtic if he's wanting to play in one of the one of the top five leagues he's certainly going about getting recognised the right way because I think he's been arguably I mean Kyogo has been excellent so far Joe Hart has had a great season yeah. after us sort of been concerned yeah. about him then yeah, those concerns still remain I don't think we were ever questioning of Joe Hart's ability it's just that we need a new keeper eventually we just need a new keeper at some point so kind of wanted one sooner rather than later but alongside those two guys Matt O'Reilly's been one of our players of the season so far he's been absolutely brilliant just want to put the nick of that I had faith in Joe Hart after the Rangers yeah. game I said that it kind of changed my perspective a wee bit but Melly it's becoming pretty clear that, that Matt O'Reilly's going to be a key play, player for Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team yeah, I think, again, parallels to Brendan Rodgers' first season, the effect he had on Stuart Armstrong, who, honestly, in the summer, I think most people would have said if he had, wants to go, he can go, oh, but yeah. he turned him around. Matt O'Reilly's got a head start on him, but, yeah, I think now that he's adding goals to his game, he's kind of becoming the ple- complete midfielder, isn't he? He's never going to be the fastest, but he still gets about the pitch, and as Stephen said, he's very good at pressing, very good at <laughs> intercepting, and now if he can most assist in the league last season, now if he can add goals to his game, then there's not much else he can do apart from what, get faster, and that's not very realistic. So I think the the finish that he done on Saturday, you're just that. Why don't you do that all the time? Why do you pass <laughs> it back to the keeper sometimes? Why don't you just finish like that? So I think, again, if Celtic, Brendan Rodgers, Harry Kuehl, whoever, if they're working on things in the training ground, it's the one thing with Matt O'Reilly you could really say, work on that and you won't be at Celtic too long. And that's not to say, look, let's sell them as quickly as possible, but the more successful these players are at Celtic, the higher chance they've got of going. And that's kind of what we're looking for because if these guys are performing well for Celtic, Celtic will be winning. I may have preempted this. I think I actually said on stage at our live sold out event at the Drygate last at the end of last season that I wanted to see from Matt O'Reilly was how I think how I put it was I want. I want him to have Ryan Christie's confidence in shooting, just not the execution <laughs> yes. of it. <laughs> I wanted him to take on more shots, just not leathering it over the bar for 40 yards. So if you could maybe take the confidence of Ryan Christie's shooting, but not quite the not quite the wayward nature of it. So I think we, we seem to be getting that. I suppose looking at all the chances he's finished, Matt O'Reilly, and the one against um, Dundee, similar to the ones he missed against St. Johnson, that it seems to be that he doesn't shoot unless he's very, very sure that he's going mm. to score from it. it. It's sort of quite, if you want to be wanky about it, quite high XG, quite high percentage chances. That he looks to get quite close to goal and, and get for cutbacks and tap-ins, right? So he's probably on on the edge all the time of either just trying to cushion it gently into the far post or just tapping it gently straight back into the keeper's hands. He's kind of he's kind of fifty fifty <laughs> just now. So I long may it continue. What a player he's been in. If he gets I mean, was that three so far already? Kyogo's got what five or something like that. If if Matt O'Reilly gets ten, twelve goals this season that's that's a that's a really really great turn in for that. That's sure um, yeah. I, I think as I say, very difficult to keep on him, uh, keep hold of him after that. But we'll we'll just enjoy the ride, quite literally. <laughs> enjoy the big ride <laughs> that, that is Matt O'Reilly for how long he's here. The big sexy bastard. Right, look, Va- Vaz been pretty good to us so far uh, in the last couple of games. I think that that was a good penalty call. We got it. David Turnbull put it away. Um, you've already discussed the Matt O'Reilly goal. The pick of the goals for me though was Kyogo. Oh. We Kyogo day in what we Kyogo does. <laughs> the wee poacher. The wee poacher. And absolutely just ghost her in. They're, they're just, they're, people can't see him. They, they, yeah. they don't know it exists. A great wee lofted ball over by Callum McGregor that took the whole Dundee United team out pretty much. It, I, I'm absolutely convinced it was Dundee United we played this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely convinced. You, you yeah. will not tell me otherwise. I'm convinced. Don't- Tony Doherty, as I've as I've recently learned, has Dundee United side uh, come to Celtic Park. Um, you can maybe correct me on this, Melly. Mm. Um, I'll throw it over to you to maybe describe it if I'm indeed right about what I'm saying here. But that ball from Callum McGregor, it was it wasn't necessarily something we saw a huge amount under Ange. But did you not say something towards the end of last season about how Ange at the 
coaches convention that there was some chat about how they were looking to get into more central areas and find passes from there because that's a, a lot where a lot of kind of current modern football goals are scored from. Are you yeah. suggesting for one minute that Brendan Rodgers turns up to work and finds a dusty notebook on the desk <laughs> and it's Andrew's notes, more goals from Central? Oh, that's not a bad idea. Do not open, mate. <laughs> I just, uh, my rules. Yeah, it was uh, Ange said uh, after the Champions League, uh, Celtic had a look at, they analysed all the goals sort of scored in the Champions League for the top teams and most of them were through the middle. So what they've done is, if you imagine from the six-yard box to the 18-yard box, uh, going away from the goal. So that's where Celtic tried to create their chances there. So getting players into those positions because a lot of Ange's sort of first season into the second season we got the ball out wide to our wingers on the touchline and then try but what you want to do is have players like, whether it be Hatati, whether it be Taylor or your uh, Alistair Johnson getting into those positions then cutting it back that's where you see the big XG like you're talking about Stephen and look, it's just a bit different Celtic are playing a bit different now aren't they and I don't necessarily think that we wouldn't have scored that goal under Ange but it just seems to be that we're trying things a bit more different. I think when recently the a wee video emerged of Callum McGregor talking before the Rangers game when they were sort of stretching on the pitch and he's talking about getting the ball over to the wide players when it's on and all that. So I don't think we're, we're quite where we want to be with the way Rodgers plays, but we are trying different things and it might benefit us a bit more in Europe. Like how many times do we just think, just move it a bit quicker and you can get in there because... They, they simply can't see Kyogo. He just breezes past all these players right in there. Not a hint of offside and scores a goal, which kind of came out of nothing because when you see the build-up to it, Rio Hitati plays the ball back to McGregor. All the players are in front of that, yet our striker, our only striker, has got into the box and scored through a ball over the top. It's so simple but so effective. The movement is, is otherworldly oh, at this incredible. point. It, 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 John Cena. <laughs> we, we struggle to come up with ways of talking about Kyogo that's in any way insightful or any way fresh and new because it, it just does this all the time but I think that goal in particular was a, an absolute showcase of what it is that he brings that no other player I reckon in the world that Celtic could afford certainly brings to the table you watch that goal and yes his movement has always been great and it's been commented on including by us so so many times he just he picks up these positions and def defenders just can't pick him up but you watch that goal back not one single defender is aware that he's even there they don't look they don't see him they don't they don't even realise he is ghosted in behind them until the ball's already basically hit the back of the net or, or Kyogo has already connected with it no one looks they're holding their, their sort of offside line. Well, sort of, because one one kind of falls back and plays him plays him on. They they literally do not know he's there. It's not like it's not like they've turned around at the last second, realised he's there and try maybe we're in a position to try and pull his jersey or something like that, where you could maybe get tight to him. They literally do not know that Kyogo is in the box. How that happens, I mean, I assume as much as we sort of laugh about the opposition and, and their approach in Scottish football, right? I'm 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 going to give them the respect of assuming that they at least look into Celtic strengths before the game, right? I know I know it's very difficult to go into to the home of the champions and try and come up with a good game plan to stop mm -hmm. that, but I, I would have to assume that it includes. By the way, going to somebody keep an eye on Kyogo at all times. Going to somebody be aware of where he is because if you let him go for even, I was going to say a second, but it's not even that. It's not. It's a, it's a fraction of a second. He'll be gone and he'll score. So are you saying? Them, are you saying, with all due respect to the Dundee <laughs> manager, whoever it is, whatever his <laughs> yeah. name is, whatever your name yeah. is? <laughs> I'm assuming you've got a plan for this. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it's it's remarkable. Go back and watch it and go back and watch the reactions of the Dundee defenders because, it's again, they don't even turn around and panic. It's just over. It's, yeah. it's over. As soon as the ball arrives at Kyogo, it's over and they don't even try and fix it. It's, they, they're so unaware of Kyogo's positioning. And this might sound like I'm having a go at them, but I'm not. I'm, Kyogo, they just... No one can deal with this. Rangers certainly can't deal with it. We'll find out in the Champions League. Maybe he's due a couple of goals in the Champions League, but he'll get the opportunity to do that. Rangers don't know where he is because how many goals is he getting against them? Six now. Can he stop? Yeah, they, they, they don't know. They can't deal with him in, uh, at the Scottish level. They just Not only can they not stop him, they don't know where he is <laughs> given half the time. It's, it's incredible. And what, what a talent that is. Completely uncoachable. Uh, you, can't, you can't teach that, I'm assuming. Uh, that's... that's uh, 
that's a, a gift that a yeah. player is born with and, and he's one of the best I've ever seen at it. So the big stuff's on the horizon. The Champions League, it's, 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 it's where we want to be. It's where Celtic need to be and it's basically what you battle for all season and it is upon us tomorrow. And for me, the first name of the... T- the, well, the second or th- actually the third one of the top three names on the team sheet um, it's got to be Real Hitati. You know, behind yeah. Callum McGregor and Kyogo, it's Hitati for me. The guy has to play Melly. Oh, he does. As I said earlier, didn't come on and do anything outstanding, but everything changed when he came on for Celtic. The positions he picks up, there was one in the first half of the ball, so I cut back to David Tumble at the edge of the box. Perfect for the left-footed strike, doesn't take it, and the move breaks down. That doesn't happen with Hatati. He's on the ball, he knows what he's doing, he's constantly getting it on the half-turn and moving. I think we just need to get him in now. We need to get him in. I know he wasn't quite fully fit, but I think you start him against Feyenoord and see what you can get, and then potentially bring him, bring on Bernardo. I think the... The difference he made to the just the tempo of the game yeah. was unbelievable. And Turnbull's too slow, isn't he? He yeah. is, and look, he scored the goal. But apart from that, I can't remember too much where he done brilliantly. But I just feel that now that we've got Hatati back, we've got Bernardo in, home, O'Reilly, McGregor. I just see Turnbull falling down that pecking order. And uh, it's not to say he's a bad player. I just think all these guys are better and more effective. And more effective on the ball and with Rio Hitati he's going to try and make things happen and I think in Europe with that lack of creativity we have in the team we've got hard workers we've got guys good at passing Rio Hitati's got that X factor that he can pick out a pass or he can try something that won't come off but if it does it's sensational sometimes and he's one of the guys that was creative when we played in the Champions League last year and I think if him over on that sort of left-hand side of the three, I think him and Palmer could form a really good partnership. So I think it's time for Celtic. Look, this game's came far too early for us, but do you know what? It's here. So get him in, get Palmer in, try these guys out. I think Maeda will start, but I think Rio Hitati has to play because he's a creative force and, and we need that. If you want to know what Celtic are up against the Champions League, we have scouted Feyenoord and we're going to do that to all of Celtic's Champions League opponents. That podcast is out right now, patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Just go sign up and it's available to listen to. Perfect pre-match listening. Then we'll be back here live doing pre-match build-up for all Celtic's away games on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. I've plugged it plenty of times. Stephen, the question is now, I suppose, with the game on the horizon, well, the two questions are, one, What's your starting lineup for tomorrow? Can we game out the starting lineup? And two, how well do you think Celtic are going to do in this game? Because the questions are like Joe Hart obviously plays in defence, Taylor and Johnson, the fullbacks take care of themselves. Does the centre defence pick itself due to the injuries we've got? Maybe. I think I think Scales certainly plays yeah. because if um, if Nat Phillips well, I, I was going to say if Nat Phillips was going to play would have started the in the day that he does start that, it just went off at half time. But I think if Scales wasn't going to play, it would have been Nat Phillips and Lagerbielka from the start in that. Yeah. I don't I don't think you make that change now in between games. The 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 change, if at all, might be forced now that if Nat Phillips isn't up to starting another game, especially if you need to take him off after or potentially get a half time again if if he's not quite match sharp. So is it that partnership that a couple of weeks ago I would have happily said I never want to see again, as well as it did on the day at Ibrooks, I never wanted to see it again because not because of um Anything, any kind of lasting judgments I make about the players, but I think given the performance at Ibrooks, in addition to the game at home to St Johnson, I just don't think they play very well together in mm. Scales and Lagerbjerg. If, if if I haven't uh, referenced those names, that's the the partnership I'm talking about. So it might it might be that though. It might be those two because we've got very very few options. Nat Phillips hasn't come in and made himself uh, an undroppable due to the performance there, particularly now that he went off injured. Lagerbielka, I think, came on and did really well. I think he I think he defended really well. I think with the game in front of him, he looks like quite an impressive defender. He was another one like O'Reilly. He's quite good at getting a foot in, quite good at breaking up attacks. I, I was quite impressed with that. But the ball in behind, he looks desperately slow. And that's... He does lack pace. He does. And that's a couple of times now. I think against St. Johnston, he was um, similarly quite vulnerable to that. Um, so... Uh, 
is that going to be brutally exposed in the Champions League? Is a fair chance of that because we're taking a, a fairly significant step up in quality in opposition here. I mean, I don't think that's don't think that's been too disrespectful to whoever manages the knee. Um, but <laughs> I feel Tony Dock, man. I know. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm joking now. Of course, I know it's Tony Dock, but. Um, how, although see the end, see the penalty. Sorry to drag us back into that. He yeah. said it was a soft penalty. He said it was initially given as a free kick, but it's a soft penalty. Aye, but the VAR told us that it was a penalty because it was inside the box. It's not. It's not a debate. See, this somebody slung a, bu- a bunk to, to the VAR refs here because <laughs> between the Rangers game and this, those are yeah. two we would never normally get. But, but yeah, on Lagerbjoka, I, I do. I've, I'm concerned about his lack of speed now, and I think it's it's something that we can't leave ourselves too vulnerable to because his scales particularly fast either. If we if we press Feyenoord up too high, leave a, a high defensive line, I think we could be yeah. could be in for a long night. To be honest, it's and again, it's so unfortunate. Without being too disrespectful to the two guys we're talking about, Lagerbjelka's a very inexperienced defender, so you wouldn't expect him to yeah. really cope particularly well with any Champions League situation, no. realistically. And Liam Scales is, as we know, the sort of limited defender who you know, fights like a warrior poet every single match, <laughs> to, to quote Braveheart. <laughs> um, whatever the fuck that was meant to be in that line of Braveheart. <laughs> um, so you wouldn't really expect them to cope with anything. I think if, if Phillips is fit, you need that bit of experience, you need that yeah. bit of game experience in there and you probably play him at the end of the day. He, he did only roll his ankle and you would expect him to be fit for this game. I think the midfield three sort of picks itself. You know, it's O'Reilly, Hattati and Callum McGregor for me. And then the question yeah. uh, the question again is is who you who you play out in the wing, Stephen? Yeah, and on the midfield, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that's got to be the midfield. I don't, I really don't want to see Turnbull in there. And again, I'm not having a go at him, but I just think we I just think there's a it's an issue of ceilings now because I'm I'm no longer talking about David Turnbull in terms of he hasn't taken his chance. I think he does. I think he does take his chance to the best of his ability. And that means last year's contract. Yeah, I, that well, that's that's another thing as well. But I just think we've reached the kind of we've reached the peak with David Turnbull. We've seen what he's capable of, and it's never really going to be good enough going forward. He was good enough a couple of years ago. And really liked him, but you like to think that your team's developing, constantly improving. It's maybe just left David Turnbull behind a wee bit and he doesn't really have a great influence over games and I don't really see, kind of similar to Ibrox, I don't really see what he's going to bring to the table in a very, very tough European mm-hmm. game. The Wings, that's the bit I'm interested in. That's the bit I'm really interested to see when the when the lineup drops bef- before the game because it could be Yang again because I don't still really see any reason to not pick him based on his his performance. Again, the sort of reservations about his readiness just now aside that we've mentioned earlier. But if Palmer's fit, he probably goes straight in. Maida's an absolute must. I think he's an absolutely essential part in this. Although I mean, we're going to need to force them back as far as possible, but don't press too aggressively because we might get picked off in the in the the other side of that. So I think it's definitely Maida and Kyogo. It's the other one. It's the other one. I'm I'm quite interested in. You, I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see either one of Palma or or Yang. Personally, Can't tempt you with Forrester Johnston, no? No, not, not just yet. I know Mikey Johnston. He's in the, he's in the squad, of course. <laughs> a box-ticking exercise for Mikey Johnston. That poor guy. That poor guy. Still, <laughs> still a meme. But I, I don't know. I can't, really, I can't really decide on which one I'd rather see. And Palmer, I think if I was to say I want to see Palmer, that really is entirely based on the fact that he's a shiny new toy and we just yeah. want to see those in there straight away. Because I think Yang kind of deserves to, to play more. But he's not going to have... The coaching and the honing and the and the sort of channeling that I spoke about earlier, that's not going to be done between Saturday and Tuesday. Yeah. He's still going to be a little bit of a bit of a live wire in there, potentially making bad decisions. But I I don't see any evidence to suggest that Palmer's going to be any different to that. It's just it's just one of those ones where it was a relatively high profile signing. Made even more so that they turned down, turned in the bells mm. as well. Knows what he's doing. Pret- he's got a brain, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Michael Wheel pretending he didn't want him anyway. But <laughs> uh, we want to see Palmer. But maybe, maybe it's time for Yang. Maybe it's time for Yang. He's the, he's the guy with the jersey just now. Melly, thoughts on the game tomorrow? Uh, looking forward to it. I'd go Palmer over Yang. I think. Yeah, me too. You're going to get limited chances in these games, so I think the. It's a point. Can I see Yang scoring away to Feyenoord? No despite seeing more of him than Palma, but Palma, I can see getting a goal and Maeda, he plays in these games because even his work rate of the weekend was incredible. Just when he goes to cross the ball, just give it to somebody else. But I think it's going to be tough for Celtic. Might be 
like the Rangers game where we're going to need to suffer a lot of the time, probably more so than Rangers game because Feyenoord are decent. Yeah, so, you would, I was about to say, you'd expect them to be a wee shade better than Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, like, they've scored a lot of goals recently, but they have drawn two out of five league games. So I think look, it's good to be back. It's a tough game. I think it's kind of a free hit uh, the first game away to the top seed but I'm looking for a performance from Celtic I'm looking yes. for them to, so we can see right we might have got a point or we might not have got anything but I can see us getting something from this group I think it's going to be a very very difficult game just don't want to see the usual or the old horror show away from home where we're a goal or two down after 20 minutes and you're like when's the final whistle please but looking forward to it I think Look, Celtic are backs to the walls with the injuries, the lack of fitness, the late signings and all that. But there's nothing we can do about that. This is why all these players will claim to be at Celtic to play in the Champions League. Go and play. Listen, we're going to get a chance tomorrow. We're going to get chances in Kyogo's. Yeah. Kyogo's going to be on the end of them. And the form that guy's in just now, absolutely lethal. He, and well, there's, there's players that rise to the occasion consistently for Celtic in these games. Cal McGregor's one, Rio Tati's one. Kyogo is starting to become one. There's other players who want to make the mark in the Champions League. Matt O'Reilly, eh, Alistair Johnson. There's a cup. There's an old head at the back and Joe Hart that's been through it all before. So you yeah. can sort of trust him a little bit. So I don't think... Like, this is going to be a tough game. I'm no naive, but I don't think Celtic are lambs to the slaughter here. No, um, no. And, and I think if these players perform the way we can, if Brendan Rodgers... Look, he has got his back against the wall. Stephen Lamelli saying that 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 you never in a million years would Celtic want to go into the Champions League with whatever selection of fit defenders we've got tomorrow that end up playing. That's never what we want to pick, and but, but we're going to have to. Is the bottom line? At the end of the day, I, I just don't think Celtic are completely written off here, and I, I want I want us to make it difficult for Feyenoord, and I want us to be the surprise package this year. I want people to look at Celtic and go, do you know what? Pot four team, that's the one you don't want. I want that's what I want from Celtic. Yeah, there's a, a huge amount of talent in this Celtic team, a huge amount of hungry talent as well, as you've just described. Guys who are looking to Yeah, as Melly said as well, with the company Celtic to make the mark on the world stage, we we bring players to the club promising them that they, they get to play in the Champions League, they get to, to be in the in a couple of seasons, you might be in the shop window for a move to France, Germany, England, Spain, whatever it is, wherever it is you fancy. So this is the, this is why it's not just a case of you rock up at Celtic and then you automatically get a big move. You need to turn up in the, on yeah. the big stage and you've got players who are, I assume, very, very hungry to do that. Kyogo is liable to score a goal in any game he plays. That's how much I believe in Kyogo. In Dyson Maida, we've got that weird indescribable X factor there that teams just don't know how to deal with yeah. it right they don't know how to deal with that level of just pestering just like that intense pressing right we've got that we've got Rio Atati who's a creative marvel in the team Matt O'Reilly who's in the form of his Celtic career so far we've got all of these things that are going well for Celtic so what are you thinking for now final <laughs> yeah yeah well this oh, is it. <laughs> does does all of that balance out against the fact that we're just playing with a completely decimated defence does it I, I just I don't know it, I could see Celtic doing really really well winning like 3-2 or something like mm. that in a game like this but I can just as likely see Celtic playing really really well missing a couple of chances the confidence starts growing then we concede two quick fire goals uh, and then it yes. all falls apart so so Celtic in Europe I can see that I'm not, I'm not being negative but what I've what I've said all along tonight is that that these injuries are it's not an excuse it's just a fact it's just a fact it's just a situation so, we found ourselves in isn't it yeah it, it, really, it really is we're in a very very unfortunate position going into yet another Champions League in which we are the the bottom feeders of this group anyway just on paper of course like just we're the pot four team we are the underdogs going into most games and we're without the, the defence we'd be up against it with Carter Vickers and Navrotsky and without those two guys, it's going to be very, very difficult. And it's not just the absence of those two guys. It's everything we spoke about earlier. Lagerbielka's complete lack of lack of experience, lack of you know, lack of know how in these in these games. Liam Scales is again. I don't. I don't want to be unkind, but a, a fairly game and hardworking but limited footballer. And this is our Champions League partnership and look, I say for Nat Phillips right that's fine Nat Phillips completely different dimension to either of these guys but he's only played 45 minutes for Celtic so far and then he looked particularly sharp so these these are massive obstacles for Celtic to overcome even if we can get 
everything yeah. firing going forward even if we can get Kyogo if we can get him in the right positions which we know he can if we can create chances if we can make it very difficult for, for their defence with guys like Kyogo and Maeda and all that we've still got a very, very vulnerable defence now I'm very encouraged by the fact that their best striker is suspended for the game because when I was looking into them, I it's hadn't realised this. Sus- eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jimenez, who's been an absolutely sensational form for them. Uh, I worried that as soon as we drew Feyenoord and I started looking at their players and he's, he scored something like six in his last five for them, I worried that it was going to be one of those like breakout performances that we saw, kind of like Mudrick last, ne- last mm. season, where we, what we are seeing just now against Celtic is the... The precursor to a massive move to like Arsenal or Chelsea or something like that. It's not worked out for Mudrick, but that doesn't matter. What we saw was the breakout that made him, that propelled him to the top level. I worried that we were going to see that again this season in, in Jimenez's uh, case, but he's suspended. So small mercies. It's going to be very difficult. I don't think it's fearful. I don't think it's, that, as you say, we're not lambs to the slaughter. We're not complete mugs. We're not complete minnows here. But I can't help but think about these very, very very unfortunate injuries that we're carrying just now and how it just might be a bridge too far to, to get anything from this group now. Look, at the end of the day, it's it's always going to be tough and you know, there's degrees of toughness, isn't there? And this yeah. was always going to be a really, really tough call made tougher by the fact that we don't have a first-choice centre-halves. But does it make it a lot more tougher than it already was going to be? That that sort of remains to be seen. I think there's some players at the Celtic team who are on the cusp of breaking out. Maybe not at the Midrick level, but I think the likes of Arthur Johnson, Matt O'Reilly, I think the likes of Rio Tati, they are, this is what they're at Celtic for. Yeah. They, they, they've got a lot to play for over the next couple of Champions League games. So I'm looking for big performances from our guys as well. Kyogo as well. He signed on for life at Celtic, more or less. Yeah, yeah. He, he, that, that's the way it's going. And we're at the, the Larson stage with Kyogo where you think, well, he's going to get his goal. So what what unfolds after that? You sort of bank on Kyogo getting a goal almost every time he plays now. That's yeah. how good the guy is. So look, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of games. We will be there every single match patreon.com slash 20 minute times for the extra content uh, if you like what we do on YouTube we'll be back with a regular studio next week but that doesn't mean you don't have to hit subscribe and the bell um, but of course thank you very much for watching and we'll see you next week small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.